0: Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at SalemAlliance.org. This week's message is by Steve Fowler. Well, good morning. Uh, welcome today. Welcome to those of you watching on live stream. Glad you're joining us as well. And uh, we're wrapping up our series that we've called For Our City. And uh, one of the, we every once in a while love to just give you a tangible way to just remember what God has been saying to you. So I'm going to invite ushers to come forward this time because they have a little, a uh, little card that they would love for you to take. Um, it's a card that has that blessed prayer that Laura uh, just led us through. Um, as we talk about peace and what, what do we mean by a city at peace with God, uh, that blessed prayer is a reminder of that, of God wanting us, uh, longing for us to, to, to experience life as it ought to be. And uh, you can take that card and you can stick it in your purse or put it in your wallet or take it home, put it in a mirror, put it in the fridge as a reminder to you of how to be praying for our city. How to be praying that our city would be, indeed would be a city at peace with God. And uh, so we'd love for you to just take those with you and uh, to keep praying um, for our city, uh, as we wrap up today with this series for our city, and we next week we begin our series, our Bible study series. It's called Text Messages. Uh, we're looking at the Minor Prophets, and I was talking to Sarah in the lobby. There's still uh, room in some groups. If you want to join a, a small group and and join us in this study, uh, we would love to have you uh, join us in this journey. As we wrap up this series, I wanna to talk to you about something that, uh, that, that uh, it challenges us. It's the topic of risk. And let me just begin by talking about a guy named Luke Akins. I, I don't know if you know that name. Chances are you don't. Akins is a professional skydiver. Uh, he has jumped off buildings, he has jumped off cliffs, and he certainly has jumped out of airplanes. And Aikens uh, decided this last year, in fact, just a couple months ago, uh, he decided that he was going to go up in a plane uh, to 25,000 feet and jump out of this plane, which, you know, doesn't sound too unusual for a skydiver, except this time he was going to jump out of a plane without a parachute, 25,000 feet, he's going he's gonna to plummet down uh, in the sky, kind of catching the air currents with his body, and he's going he's gonna to hopefully guide himself uh, into a net. I'm going to show you a video, and so he does land on the net, just, just, uh, just so you know. Um, and he's going to guide himself into this net that's about 100 feet by 100 feet, about a third of the size of a football field. So um, in this video that you're going to see, he's got some, some friends that are jumping with him. They're going to make sure that he's kind of getting his, his way down, you know, kind of the right direction. And, uh, and you'll see that net. Uh, with the, he has a GoPro camera on. You'll see that net sort of appear. Uh, when you first see it, it's about the size of a postage stamp. And um, he'll, he'll guide us. He, he's got to land on the net on his back. So he'll be practicing flipping his body back and forth as he, uh, as he attempts this incredible feat of jumping out of an airplane, 25,000 feet. Without a parachute, and then hits the net. Notice where he lands in the net. Every time I've seen this several times, it still makes my stomach kind of get a little queasy uh, as he makes this jump. Left hand side of the screen, you see the, kind of the gauge of, of how close he's getting to the ground. But watch uh, this jump made by Luke Aikens. He's practicing the flip. That's how he'll have to land. He'll have to land on his back. we'll see his jump team pull their shoots and that means Luke is all alone for the rest of the way. There goes the shoots. Luke is on his own. and the crowd on the ground looking up, they have a visual on him right now. He's in! You've just witnessed history being made, absolutely amazing. The rest of his team hits the floor. History made as he hugs his wife. Any takers? Uh, I'm going to try that. You know, I'm trying to try that. I mean, could you imagine that conversation as he comes home one day and says, hey, honey, I, gotta, I got I an idea. Uh, I'm thinking about jumping out of an airplane. And she probably thought, well, I don't know what the big deal is. You do that all the time. Yeah, this time I'm, I'm going to do it without a parachute. And you imagine that conversation happening in the house? I mean, depending on the health of the marriage, she's probably trying to talk him out of it, right? But uh, that that is, uh, you know, just... Never want to be you know you never want your wife like really yeah you should jump out of an airplane without a parachute <laughs> great idea might be a sign guys might be a sign I mean, it's taking that kind of risk. Now, obviously, he, he's trying to set records, and he may make a name for himself. And uh, we've all done crazy things. We've all taken risks. Um, and I, I do want to talk to you about risk-taking, because um, when, it, when it comes to our vision, you know, this series about being for our city is really all prompted by this vision of our city being a city at peace with God. That God has given us this dream. And I just want you to know, uh, as we wrap up the series... That this vision, this dream God has for this region of of our state, it will not, it will not, this dream will not become a reality until each and every one of us responds to the promptings of God and takes risks to see uh, this peace that we've been talking about take root in our city. It, It will. The peace will not come to our city as we just keep doing lives and, and living lives as, as that are comfortable and and, and things that that, that seem uh, reasonable to us. There's, a, there's God is going to prompt, some of you are already experiencing this. God is going to ask you to take risks, and He's going to ask you to step outside your comfort zones and and to follow Him and do things that are frankly very uncomfortable for you, for us. He's He's going to call us. In fact, let me just I'm, I'm just going to put this. This idea up on the screen because I want. This is what I want to talk. I want you to know this: that following Jesus demands risk taking. And if you're not risking anything, and you are probably not following. Now I don't. You may not like that phrase. That's that's okay. But I'm going to try and convince you that that is absolutely true. Following Jesus demands risk taking. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then God is going to call you out of your comfort zones. He's going to draw you out into places that, that might, in fact, challenge you, and maybe fear levels will rise. And he's, he's calling you out to live a faith-filled life, to take risks. Not, you know, I'm not talking crazy kind of jumping out of an airplane at twenty-five thousand feet without a parachute. I'm talking about the kind of risk in which he he make he prompts he makes he he speaks to us. And and we hear him and, and we we follow him, um, those things are going to call something out of us. And, and just in case you're not in total agreement with what I'm saying is, as far as uh, this, this life of Christ demanding risk-taking, listen to these words spoken by Jesus on this whole topic. Luke 17, whoever tries to save their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will save it. Sounds risky, doesn't it? And then you get to Matthew 19, everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive 100 times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. So it's the encouragement. He's talking about people who are risking relational and financial loss for his name's sake. Matthew 16, verse 24, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me." Now we know that verse. But what Jesus, is, he's tapping into an imagery that people would have seen very often. They were walking roadways, pathways. And in the days when the Roman Empire ruled Palestine, that when someone was caught uh, maybe for criminal activity, maybe they are caught for an act of treachery, they were nailed to a cross and those crosses were put at public intersections. It's a gruesome, excruciating way to die. And what Jesus is saying, you want to follow me? Then you you execute yourself, and those who those who take up their wheelchairs or or not their wheelchairs their electric chairs. That's the language that he's tapping into. Those who are willing to publicly execute themselves, you you can be my disciple. That's pretty graphic. Luke chapter fourteen. Jesus says, "Suppose one of you wants to build a tower." If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. Now listen to what Jesus says next. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Jesus is saying there is a price tag to following him. That God will, will, he will prompt, he will speak, he will draw us out and put us in situations that frankly will make us feel uncomfortable, that will put us in a place where we feel like we might experience loss. And friends, if this vision of a city at peace with God is going to become a reality, it's going to become a reality as each and every one of us owns this vision and, and follows after the promptings of God. Again, I'm not, I'm not talking about foolish ideas like jumping out of an airplane at 25,000 feet without a parachute. I'm talking about the, the simple whispers of God. Go across the street. Comfort that person who's mourning. Pray for this person. Take a meal to that person. Share Christ with your, with your coworker. It's, it's these promptings. As we take these risks, and some of the risks that he will ask of us, some of you are already processing this. God has spoken to you, and you're already having sort of the the, the mental struggle, the, the challenge, and that's okay. Uh, you're, you're counting the cost of what it will what it will cost to, to obey this prompting of God as you seek to follow Him. Because th- that's risk brings with it the potential of loss. In fact, we'll just define risk this way. A risk is an opportunity that could involve loss in some aspect of life. And those losses look, look a bunch of different ways. And what I want to do is real quickly, I want to take us to Hebrews chapter 11 and look at a guy named Abraham. So if you've got your Bibles, go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. If you did not bring a Bible with you, there's one that looks like this. It's in the pew rack in front of you. And uh, if you make your way to page 1920, uh, you will find Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is one of those chapters, uh, you could say, it's sort of the highlight reel of the Bible, it's got all these names of people who followed God by by taking faith filled risks, and um, and some of them uh, did some pretty pretty amazing things. And one of those guys is a guy named Abraham. Abraham. Some of you know very well who Abraham is. Others of you that you, this maybe you heard the name, but you really don't know who this guy is. He just, he was just a normal guy. God spoke to him, and this guy he followed after Christ, and um, and and he risked. a a, a huge amount, and God actually told him he would bless the nations through him by his act of faith. Now now listen, we'll we'll, we'll talk more about about Abraham and and what the significance of of what he did uh, means to us, but Hebrews 11 verse 8 says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Abraham, I we don't know all the details, but maybe he was out in, in the fields with his flocks one day, and 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 God you know has a conversation with him, begins talking to him, and in this conversation, God says to him, I, I want you to leave your what's familiar, I want you to, to leave what's comfortable, and I want you to go to, to another place. So you're gonna pick up, you're gonna root, you're gonna pull roots up, and you're gonna go to this new place. This is what I'm asking you. And and Abraham's maybe asking, Well, where is that? And God says, can't tell you. And Abraham, he, he he's in. He decides to say yes. Imagine that conversation at the dinner table that night. Honey, I, we're, we're moving. Why are we moving? Because God asked us to move. Where are we moving to? Don't know. I, if you look at all these stories in Hebrews 11, and you, we're looking at Abraham, if you look at David, this teenager that went out to I mean this teenager that, that threw rocks that's that's the extent of his warfare experience and he's taken on this 10 foot special forces soldier you look at Daniel you look at Joseph you look at you look at Deborah, you, you look at all the names in Hebrews 11, I think that when you look at the situations when God asks them to do, thing, do things, I think 99.9% of the time we will counsel them to not do what they did yet God prompted and God spoke and, and, and they did go and they did fight and they did pray when they weren't supposed to pray. And, and in this case, here's Abraham and he is going to follow God and, and go and he can't even Google the destination, okay? He has no idea what life is gonna be like there, yet he goes without, he's he going without knowing. And here, we're just gonna make a list of the kind of losses that he could experience Long The first one is the loss of leaving family. There's the emotional loss. How hard it would be to say goodbye to family. And don't think for a moment that everyone in his family understood that this all made sense to them. I guarantee you, it didn't make sense to everyone, and it was difficult for him to take his family and leave. And he wasn't going to come back for some, from you know, some, some holidays for Thanksgiving or a long weekend or anything like that, because as you know, travel was much, much longer and harder, more difficult and arduous in those days. So this is a permanent goodbye. It's the loss of family. He's leaving family. And not only that, it's financial loss. He's leaving behind whatever he was, he was doing for an income and he's going to some place he has no idea where he's going. He doesn't even know if the trade that he's employed in currently, he's, he's probably somewhere in southern Iraq and modern day Basra would be the city that most people think that he was at. He's gonna go way up north through northern Iraq, swing through southern Turkey and, and northern Syria, come through Syria into, into modern day Israel. And who knows? He doesn't know that's where he's going but who knows if if you know what what's going to happen financially and and even as he goes he's going to make this trek and there's going to be bandits along the way and it's common for people to be attacked for family members to be kidnapped for your possessions to be stolen and and actually takes us to this this uh, potential loss physical harm there's a potential of physical harm for Abraham in saying yes to God on this and and lastly it actually leads us um to this final one is public rejection He's going to get to a nation that it's not his his home. Um, he's going to have to learn language. He's he's going to stick out because he's going to be different. Think about people coming to our nation who don't speak English. English. is not their first language. Think about the struggles that they go through. Think about you moving to some nation you've never been to and you have to learn language and try to learn new customs. You risk being rejected by people. We're just going to put all four of these up here, um, these potential. These are the biggies. These are the ones for Abraham. And this is not an exhaustive list of the potential losses we might experience when we say yes to God. But these are the biggies. It might mean leaving family, it might mean financial loss, it might mean physical harm, and indeed it might mean public rejection. And as you look at that list, you have to ask yourself, am I willing to experience that kind of loss, that kind of, of pain for the sake of following after God? And again, let me remind you what I said at the very beginning following Jesus demands risk taking. And if you're not if you're not taking risks, then you're probably not following. Chances, chances are that if I mean, imagine being in high school and sitting at the cafeteria and and identifying yourself as a Christian, you're you're risking public rejection. You're socially, you you could be ostracized. I mean, think about think maybe maybe a sense of God calling you to to you know to to do missions somewhere around the world and how hard that would be for your family to understand that. I mean, these are the these are the biggies. And again, I think as we look at the lives lived out in the pages of Scripture, I think 99.9% of the time, when we hear about a risk that someone's going to take, I I think, here's what happens. I think within us, there is this potential for spiritual risk-taking, and I think in each and every one of us, it's true for me, I think there's that voice, it's sort of like the spiritual pacifist comes alive. When the opportunity, when God speaks and He asks us to take a risk, here's the language of the vo- here's the language of the spiritual pacifist. He asks questions like this: can I, can I really afford this? Is it safe? Can I get hurt? What What will they think of me? When we come to that crossroads and, and we, we hear the prompting of God, he's asking us to take a, a step of faith. I, I think this, the spiritual pacifist comes alive in us and we try to talk ourselves out. But, but God is calling us to take this spiritual risk for the sake of his name and for, and for us it's for the sake of our city. Would we be a people who would be willing to risk leaving important relationships to experience financial loss, maybe even physical harm, maybe even public rejection? Could we do that? And honestly, that's, ex- that's exactly what God is calling Abraham to do. And let me just say this. Do you know why you're in the room today? Do you, do you know, if, if you're a Christ follower, do you know why you're a Christ follower? Do you, do you know why you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Yes, because Jesus went to the cross. Because God sent his son. Jesus went to the cross and, and he was crucified. He was, he was publicly executed. He paid each and every one of our sin penalties on the cross. He paid that price. That's how we experience salvation. But look through the cross. Look past the cross into history and go back to a day when God went to a man who was minding his own business and said, I want you to go someplace where you have no idea where you're going. You are here, you are in, you're in relationship with Christ because this guy, Abraham, when God came to him and prompted him to go, his response was, yes, Lord, and he went. God took him out under a, a, a night sky that was lit with stars and said, Abraham, look at the, the, the stars in the sky. Your descendants will outnumber the stars in the sky. And, and who he was talking about was each and every person that would put their faith in Jesus Christ because Jesus traces his genealogy back to Abraham. And the promises that were made to Abraham are realized through Jesus Christ. We read this in Galatians chapter three, verse nine. Listen to these words where it says, so all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. We've got to get this. The fact that we are forgiven, the the fact that we are in relationship with, with Christ, yes, all that Christ has done on the cross, please don't hear me looking past the cross, but please see through the cross, see back to a day when a guy said, Yes, Lord. He said yes to Christ. And he keeps God keeps asking those who follow him to say yes. He keeps prompting us to take those steps of faith and if our vision of a city at peace of, with God is going to, to gain momentum, it, the only way it's going to gain momentum, the only way our city will increasingly become a city at peace with God is that each and every one of us has a posture that's for the city, and each and every one of us knows how to hear God's voice, which is why we do Recognizing God's Voice conferences. We want you to, to go deeper in your friendships with Christ, but we also want you to know that there are those times where God's going to ask you to take a risk, it's not a, a, a risk that you've initiated. It's a risk that God has initiated, and he's inviting you to join him. And Until each and every one of us can see a vision that we can personally own, those words will just be, paint, it'll be words painted on the wall. But if they're owned by us, if we will say yes, Lord, to the promptings that he speaks to us, I can guarantee you, our our city will increasingly become a city at peace with God. Following Jesus demands risk-taking. And if you're not risking anything, you're probably not following. There is a high cost to following Jesus. He said it himself. Now, there are many of you who are, are in, in in many different ways. You you are you you, you know exactly when when I say we all we all need to be able to articulate when someone asks us how how are you involved in the vision, how are you bringing peace to the city? We should each and every one of us should be able to articulate that. Well I I, I serve at high school and I, I work with high school or I'm I'm volunteering uh in, in at at uh, in, at Roars and I cut wood and I help people heat their homes. I volunteer in children's ministry and that that's where I, I, I bring peace. I, I volunteer boys and boys and girls club and that that's where i'm i'm bringing peace to city and and so many of you can you can articulate that and thank you so much and um and but maybe some of you it's it's you i don't know where what's that look like and how could i do that and i want you know that at at the end of the right hand end of each row kind of near the friendship path there should be a a stack of white papers um it looks like this at the top it says for uh for our city and if you want to just grab that uh you could just pass them down the row um uh, Laurel who did announcements and, and has arranged for several groups to be in the lobby this weekend a place places that you could you know go and have a conversation after the service a place that you could be involved in bringing peace to the city and um, one of them is is through young lives. They're out here on this side of the lobby. Young lives is connected to young life. What Laurel talked about, the 95 uh, kids who came to Christ. Nine of those who came to Christ that we talked about earlier, nine of them were teenage moms who were connected. Nine teenage moms went to the camp and all nine gave their lives to Christ and Young Lives is in the lobby, and after the service, you could go have a conversation with them because they need childcare, they need mentors, they need diapers. Um, I mean, that, that, that's a way that you could help. Who knew? You could bring peace to the city by bringing diapers, uh, you could go talk to, to someone at Salem Free Clinics. They're out there. In fact, we celebrate the fact there was three lives this last week had entered into the kingdom of heaven. Every week, patients are experiencing the love of Jesus Christ and having the opportunity to hear about him. You could talk to someone at Salem Free Clinics who's going to be out here. You could go out here over on this side and talk to Gwen, who's here from DHS. If you're interested in maybe in being a, a foster parent we're holding an informational meeting at Broadway Commons uh, at the end of the month, and uh, you could you could talk to Gwen and and find out you know what does it mean to be a foster parent and maybe that's something some maybe god's asking you to provide a safe place for a child um, who's who's been taken from a home and needs a safe place, a place to experience love. Those are just three practical ways that you could bring peace to the city. Or maybe it's, like we talked last week, maybe you're a shower and and you love demonstrating Christ's love and, and God's asking you to take the risk to open your mouth and tell someone about Jesus. Or maybe you're a teller and you love telling people about Jesus. Maybe God is asking you to take a risk and to to just demonstrate Christ's love and just express his grace to someone that's in your network of friends and and relationships. Friends, as we wrap up the series, being for our city is going to stretch us. Because God... God is going to prompt. He is going to, he already is. And it's going to call you to a place where you could experience loss. It's also going to call you to a place that's going to build your faith and reveal more of who God is to you as you obey and follow. A lot of years ago, when my kids were younger, um, we went to a family camp every summer. And one of the family, the family camp we went to uh, after lunch we would uh, go out to this, the to the rivers, the Malala River, and um, and the kids loved going. There's this little take this little trail and and get to the top of this this rock and um, and the kids were jumping off this rock into the river. And my son Cal, uh, he was about third grade. Um, he, he had never jumped off the rock and he wanted to do it. And so we all headed over to the river like we normally do, and and we were climbing the trail, and we get to the top of, of the rock, and, um, you know, it's about 10 feet above the, above the river. It's not that high. You know, when you're looking at, from the river, looking up, it's not that high, but when you're in the top of the rock, and you're looking down, remember that as a kid? It's like, man, you might as well be 200 feet above, above the river, right? It looks so far down there and and but Cal was I mean, every kids are jumping, and Cal makes his way up the trail, and he gets to the top of the rock. And um, you know, we've just had lunch, and, and we got about three hours of the river, and and um and he's he's paralyzed. He's standing at the at the at this rock and and he can't jump. And so He just, the kids are lined up behind him waiting for him to jump and so he just eventually steps away from the rock and um, the kids are jumping and I'm about waist high in the river and I'm trying to encourage him to get back out there. So there's a break in the line. He steps back out to the rock and he can't jump. I stood in that river for over three hours. It's, It's, now it's getting close to dinner time and I don't like to miss a meal. So I'm I'm really I'm now I'm chest high in the river trying to call him out. You can do it, Cal. You can do it. And about 15 minutes before we have to leave, this kid has been up on this rock most of the afternoon, and um and finally he gets to the edge and he swings his arms back and I remember just a look of terror in his eyes as he throws himself out into the river and he hits that water his body just submerges below the river and i i jump in and i and i I grab him and i pull him up and as i as we lock eyes to eyes i mean he's kind of got that the cold water kind of you know shook him and then he looks me in the eyes and his face is just just filled with this exhilaration you can see the fires of exhilaration in his eyes he's like dad i gotta do that again I don't know if I've got another three hours. <laughs> and he makes his way up and he gets to that rock, and it's, it takes him a little while, it's about five seconds, and he's in again. And he just does this loop. He's just he's jumping over and over and over again. And finally, I gotta say, dude, we gotta go. We, we, get, we gotta get changed. We got we got dinner. We got stuff we gotta do. And, and he just, it took everything to pull him away from that rock and jumping into the river. How? Does a kid going from standing on a rock for three hours, terrified, go to this place where he can't get enough? He jumped once. It just took once. Friends, how is a city going to be, how is a city going to flourish in every dimension as we've been praying, as we've been talking? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you how to happen. One time saying, yes, Lord. And... And you'll, you'll see, that you'll experience him in ways you haven't experienced. And you'll see God at work. And, and faith will build upon faith, which will build on, upon faith. And, and a lot of times you get to see God do amazing things and sometimes, you know what, you, you don't see it. That, that was the case. Abraham lived in a tent his entire life. He saw God do great things. His son lived in a tent for his entire life. His, his grandson lived in a tent for his entire life. It's not like you obey God, you take this, this step of faith, and everything goes perfect. No, 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 no. You take a step of faith, and you get to know God. And, and sometimes you, you, there's pain still involved. But that's where you experience Him. And, friends, that's where you say, I'll go anywhere, I'll pay any price, because He's worth it. And I want to be a blessing. To those who are in need. I just, just close, just bow our heads and close our eyes as we wrap up our series and wrap up uh, our time today. And I, I just, as you think about this series, or maybe just this is your, this is the one you caught in the whole series, that's okay. Just, would you ask Jesus this question? Says, Jesus, what are you saying to me? Maybe there's been something that He's been prompting you on and Maybe he's going to remind you of that. Maybe it's maybe something new. Jesus, what are you saying? So Lord, here we are. You've given us a vision. It's your vision. Now build our faith. Increase our faith. Give us ears to hear what you are saying, Jesus. Fill our hearts with faith-filled boldness to take the steps you're calling us to take. For the sake of your great name, we ask that your kingdom come and will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.